The Guardian. Welcome to the Red Bull Air Races 2008 with me, Izzy Knowles. This time on the sixth stop of the series, I'm in Budapest in Hungary, which is in the centre of Europe, surrounded by the Alps, Carpathian and Dinara Mountains. It's not easy to sum up the beauty and highlights of this capital city, but one thing's for sure, Budapest is truly a picture of history dating back a thousand years. You can find Celtic ruins, Roman ruins and symbols of ancient Christianity. The Great River of Hungary, the Danube, is the second longest river in Europe and the only major European river to flow west to east. It also plays host to the air race track in which the pilots will have to navigate over the next few days. The championship battle in the Red Bull Air Race World Series narrowed dramatically in the previous race in London after leader Paul Bonham incurred his first pylon hit in two years, costing him dearly by throwing open the competition again and raising the stakes for this next race in Budapest. The pressure will be on Britain's Bonham to get back on track after his painful defeat, whereas the favourite, who had won three of the first four races, ended up in a dismal seventh. Mike Mangold had a bit of a shocker in London too, but he won here in Budapest last year, so no doubt he'll be looking to be top of the podium again. Peter Besnier will pull out all the stops to perform for his enthusiastic home crowd in the Hungarian capital this weekend, where he will always be remembered for having been the first to fly upside down under the chain bridge in the heart of the city. Joining me now is Nigel Lamb. Happy birthday, Nigel. It was your 52nd birthday on Sunday, is that right? Yeah, it was. Thank you very much. Um, so what did you do to celebrate? Well, I was very lucky. because, Well, first of all, I did a lot of hard training uh, in the track. Uh, but what was nice is my family uh, joined me in the afternoon and brought a few little gifts. My boys brought me a few gifts and my wife. And we uh, had a bit of time together in the evening, which was nice. Brilliant. So, uh, what have you done since London? Have you had much practice time and training time to get in? Um, just a, a little bit, really. Um, you don't get much. You don't get any time, to call, of course, to train in the track. And the problem is that uh, there's no way of simulating that, really. So you can just go and do some kind of technique training, but it's quite high level. You know, a few hundred feet rather than thirty feet. So it's not hugely relevant, actually. How did you find the qualifiers today? Um, I'm reasonably pleased because um, on paper my aeroplane shouldn't re should be about three seconds behind the fastest edges because it's a bit the power to weight ratio is not great and I'm 2.1 so that was pretty good but I'm pretty and I'm in the I'm made the super eights which is uh, good news. nail well it's good news yeah because you have a fresh start in the next day and I'm only 0.6 of a second from the podium so you know I'm. Um, I'm, re I'm pretty happy. What I'm disappointed about is that on my second run, I was 0.6 of a second slower than the first run, and I expected to be faster. But uh, yeah. it's a bit like when you go into an exam and you come out and you think, "Oh, I did well there," and then you get the result and it's a bit rubbish. Yeah, and the thing is, what's very, very interesting with the sport is that um, not long ago, we were looking at, oh, "No, um, you know, I, 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 I just beat the guy by three seconds or two seconds now it's 0 0.5 0 0.4 0 0.3 you're looking all the way on the track you're looking for a tenth here and it's very competitive and as you can see what's interesting is the two people from last podium from last race podium are not even in the super eight tomorrow 
It's unbelievable. And London just goes to show how unpredictable this sport really can be, which makes it really exciting for everyone else. Well, yeah, that's true. It, it, it is fantastic. And I think um, the two areas, well, there's a number of areas we need to uh, improve on a lot. And one, I think, is, um, is communicating better what really goes on in the cockpit to, to people so they understand more what our strategies are. I don't think that's done particularly well, personally. Mm. But um, um, if, we, if we manage to make the regulations better for um, minimum weights, race weights, and make it more like some of the motorsports, you will find that, uh, that there's a huge closing up of the, of the second. You know, right now we've got three and a half seconds between first and eighth. Well, you know, if that closes up to maybe one and a half seconds or, or so, um, it'll be make, make a much more exciting sport. And then one little, one wrong line in the track, or one tiny little mistake anyway, is going to knock you right to the back. And that's what, we, what we're all after. So everyone has a performance chance. The machine is competitive, you know, so. So it leaves it a little bit more wide open for everybody to... Absolutely, and I think that um, if we get the regulations right over the winter, which is, which is what they're working on, um, to make it uh, more sort of an even playing field in terms of what, of, of the, the machinery, then you'll get, although you'll have a variety of machines and people doing different things on the machines aerodynamically and etc., um, you'll get a much, much better race. And I think that, I mean, that's coming. And, um, you know, it'll, be, it'll just be much more interesting to watch, I think. Okay, let's talk Budapest. How's the course? What are the technical bits? What are the challenging bits? It's, it, it's quite interesting, actually. Today was very interesting because we didn't fly under the bridge. And actually, that makes quite a big difference. So the whole strategy of, of qualification one and qualification two, how you play the game, you know, what do you do? When do you put, you know, when do you cut the margins and try and cut corners? Because if you make one little mistake, as Kirby did twice, so he's out of the Super 8s. That's a bit of a disaster. It's, so it did change. Tomorrow, if the tide, if the uh, water level goes down, we'll fly under the bridge again, which makes it different because your whole start is different and how you approach those gates. I'm rabbiting on a bit, but the track is quite interesting because it's technically nowhere near as ta- challenging as London. Um, London, I preferred the London track because it was very, very technically challenging. And if you had the wrong line out of one gate, you just weren't going to make it two, two gates down the track. Whereas here, there's so much space in between the gates, it, not between the pylons, but I mean from gate to gate, that you've got plenty of time. If you didn't get right from, say, gate two to three, you can easily adjust that between three and four, whereas you couldn't in London. So I'm not hugely enamored with this track. It's more of a... Uh, it's a Cuban track, actually. If you get your Cubans right, you can make a lot, up a lot of time. A Cuban's not your bag, then? Cuban's not, not, not bad. I mean, and the quali- first qualifier was fastest in Cuban number two. Um, what disappoints me is that my times weren't better on the Cubans in, in qualifying two. But again, the temperature might have been slightly higher, so I don't really know. And everyone was a little... Most people were a little bit slower. And it is likely, as you just said, that things might change quite dramatically tomorrow if you do fly underneath the bridge for the start and finish. That is a little bit hairy, don't you think? No, it's not really. And it's no. not, it doesn't make, change things dramatically other than what happens is that you are level uh, about four, three, well, you end up level 300 metres before the first gate, which is slowing the aeroplane down. Mm. So if you fly over the bridge, you, the very nature of that means you can enter the track faster. And if you enter the track faster, well, everybody's trying to do it. So everyone tries to gain an advantage by just getting faster in the, into the track. You, if you get it wrong, you can sort of get a bit messed up. But you can get out of rhythm and, and not do very well and make a little mistake. You, you know, wings not level in the gate is a very, very easy mistake to make. 
No, it's, I think today what I meant by interesting was it was a different strategy for today. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow going under the bridge just means we're back to training three. It's like, you know, we all know what's a good time. Today we didn't really know because you're missing probably about five and a half, six seconds out of the track. So as soon as you heard the times, you're thinking, well, is that good? Is that bad? You know, I was hoping to post six seconds quicker than yesterday, but I didn't. I mean, managed about um, five, I think. Let's talk about Budapest. What do you make of the city? I love it here. I, lo I love Budapest too. Sadly, we don't get much time to look around because um, you, you know you get your you get in your head in the books and the DVDs and the training videos and stuff, and you spend hours each evening just studying your lines and, and your strategy for the next day. But I do love it. I, lo I mean, I love the architecture, and I'm I'm so happy to have my um, family over here because um, my my you know for your children to see a great city and. The great architecture is fantastic, and my, my oldest son is actually keen on being an architect, so that's uh, it's quite good for him to come and have a look yeah. around. No, it's beautiful. I mean, in so many of these countries around here, the cities are just absolutely stunning. Right. So, game plan for Super Eights tomorrow. Super Eights is a different strategy to uh, qualifying one and two, and there's a different strategy between qualifying one and qualifying two. But the Super Eights is you just go for it. I mean, for me, there's I, I really don't want to be fourth, uh, fifth. I don't want to be fifth like I was in London. I don't want to be sixth, I don't want to be seventh, and I certainly don't want to be eighth. Right. So you want to get as many points as you can, but if you can snuck yourself into at least fourth in the top four and get into the finals, I mean, that's really the objective. And, and I'm 0.6 of a second off third at the moment, um, and, and I believe I can do that, unfortunately. Everybody else will also have a pretty good plan on going faster tomorrow. So it's gung-ho, all out tomorrow. Good tomorrow luck. You just, tomorrow you just go for it. I mean, you've got to go for it. You just try something new, try a different line, you know, Look at your lines. If you think you didn't get a perfect line, you just got to go for it. Even if you think you might risk wings not level in the gate, and you just got to go for it. Brilliant. Good luck. Thanks, Nigel. Oh, thanks, Susie. Peter Besnier from Hungary. So you're flying on your home turf here. How did you get on in qualifying? Everything went well. Uh, I had two good runs, and the second was even better. Um, I tried to avoid to make any mistake and be fa as fast as possible. The, yesterday evening we changed my engine because my previous engine had not good compression uh, for four for months, and uh, we could not solve it. That's why we decided to change the engine, and it looks like it was a good decision. So you're in the Super 8s tomorrow and you're going to be flying in front of your home crowd. How much pressure do you feel? It's very nice to fly in front of the home crowd because I feel the support of, the, of the, 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 the crowd and the people, which is a very nice feeling. But in the same time, of course, it's a little bit more pressure. What about the course? What do you make of the course out there? It's quite technical or not so technical? Um, it's not really difficult, but... but uh, any time we can make a mistake because the speed is fast and the track is short and uh, the turns are quite tight so it's easy to make a mistake even if the course is not really difficult and not really technical so tomorrow um if the river is low enough the start and finish line will be under the chain bridge now you are the only man to have flown upside down underneath the chain bridge are you going to going in upside down tomorrow uh, probably not because uh, that, that takes uh, more energy and uh, time and tomorrow we have to fly, fly for the time so <laughs> I will not fly upside down but of course when I flew the first time under the chain bridge 
uh, I flew upside down just to make it more interesting because it's uh, really, if we have uh, enough clearance, it doesn't matter upside down or, or, or level flight. So I just made it uh, more interesting. But uh, of course, in the race conditions, I will not do it because upside down, the plane is slower than the normal position. So it just, just uh, takes, takes time. Okay, for someone who's visiting Budapest for the first time, can you give any top tips of places to go, things to do? I mean, it's such a beautiful city. Yeah, it's a lovely city, especially the old town, uh, the centre of the town, uh, like the chain bridge area with the castle and the fisherman basti. So it's definitely they should visit the chain bridge and the, and the uh, castle of Buddha and uh, uh, the fisherman basti. Also, it's very nice view from there. To the town, so it's and nice restaurants, nice bars, nice coffee shops. So it's it's lovely. Yeah, maybe a bit of goulash and fish soup. Yeah, definitely goulash and fish soup is also very special Hungarian. So uh, you're aiming for a podium position tomorrow. Is that the plan? That's the plan for the top top eight pilots. <laughs> so <it's, laughs> it will be very hard, but I try, of course. Well, you know what, I think there's going to be about a million people supporting you on the banks of the Danube, so good luck. Thank you very much, I need. <laughs> Thanks. Kirby, bad luck today. Um, you didn't make the super rates after qualifying. What happened out there? I don't know. You know, I think I'm going to have to ask the judges. I mean, I really didn't do anything different than I've been doing in training. I don't think that they like us pushing. And so maybe they're whooping on me for that. Instead of going back and rolling like everybody else, I was pushing because I thought it was a little bit faster, which I still think it's a little bit faster, but they may not be keen on it or something. I'm not sure. You got DQ'd? Uh, I didn't get DQ'd, no. I got three-second penalty for both. Yeah. Okay, so um, what's the plan for tomorrow for point one? Still still up for one for grabs? Well, we're still having uh, some trouble with the airplane with the uh, governor and the propeller going back and forth, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that for tomorrow. Okay, well, good luck. Thank you. The air races is definitely one reason to visit the capital city, but there are also a number of other charming features. Here's my brief guide to a city rich in both natural and architectural beauty. Budapest is the only capital city in the world which has thermal springs. Some 125 springs produce 70 million litres of thermal water a day, with temperatures ranging up to 58 Celsius. Some of these waters have medicinal effects due to their medically valuable mineral contents. Therefore, the bath culture has been thriving since the Roman times, who left the territory of today's Hungary half a millennium before the Hungarians arrived from the Ural Mountains. The Turks, while occupying Hungary for over a century and a half, have built thermal bathhouses, some of which are still in use. Just make sure you leave time for a spa, because if you haven't tried a Hungarian spa, you haven't lived. The Gellert baths cost £6 to get in, and they're a good place to start. The curative waters run from under Gellert Hill into this Art Nouveau opera house of bubbles and bodies, and in the sex-segregated areas you can strip off completely and indulge in no-nonsense treatments and soakings. There is a remarkable cave system formed by the thermal waters under some of the hills in Buddha, resulting in many unexpected passageways and beautiful natural formations. Four caves are open to the public. The most extensive one is right underneath the castle hill. These have been used for hundreds of years and they proved especially useful during wars and invasions, but wear warm clothing has its cold down there. 
Hungarian cuisine and hospitality are world famous. Hungarian goulash is a renowned meat dish flavoured with paprika. Other specialities include fish soup, hazy chicken soup and strudel pastries filled with sour cherries, cottage cheese or poppy seeds. If you go to a traditional Hungarian restaurant, do it with an empty stomach. The giant, copious portions contain many spices, so the dishes are often hot, all of them having a unique character of flavour, though. Try local restaurant Kahili. It's housed in a historic Obuda building, an upscale traditional restaurant with a cosy dining room and an enclosed garden, located in Obuda's old city. One of the house specialities is Sninbad's favourite. Named for the famous pirate introduced to Hungary by the early 20th century novelist Gaila Crudi, the dish consists of pork stuffed with chicken liver rolled in bacon and served in a paprika and mushroom sauce. Mmm, the really adventurous should try the beef bone marrow served with pepper and paprika on slices of toast for an appetiser. Dinner is accompanied by live gypsy music. There are some good bars that play live music. Fatmo's and Old Man's Pub are two I remember, albeit vaguely. For more chic and stylish customers, head for Bed Beach or Rio. Budapest's newest grand hotel, the Four Seasons, occupies the former Gresham Palace, one of the city's most attractive Art Nouveau structures. All the original facade decoration and colourful stained glass windows have been meticulously restored. There are nine bridges in Budapest, the longest one being almost a mile long. The city is centred around the oldest bridge in Budapest, the Chain Bridge. So from here, about 15 minutes in any direction, you'll find some cool sights and history. Whether it's the fine architecture of the Renaissance or the monumental museum buildings, you will be amazed. The start and finish line for the Red Bull Air races are under the infamous Chain Bridge. With a city of two million people, thousands of fans are expected to line the River Danube as finals day, August the 20th, is a national holiday for them, being St Stephen the Hungarian State Founders Day. Let's see what the pilots make of this riverside city centre. Joining me now is Paul Bonham. Paul, I mean, I can't believe what happened yesterday. You were in 12th and now you're in 1st. Like, what, what difference has been made? Um, yesterday I sort of played the judging lottery and um, I got DQ'd because I went over a... Um, a an imaginary line in the sky, excuse me, <clears throat> that um, keeps us away from the crowd. And it's very difficult to know where it is. And I just went over it and I got disqualified. And it's it's a rule that's peculiar here to Budapest. And I got caught out. But may, maybe, you know, with the results from today, it, it was a good thing. It was a, t- a tap on the shoulder that you can make mistakes. So how are things in the camp today? Uh, pretty good, actually. Yeah, we're, um, we're, we're calm here. We're pleased with the result today, pleased with the consistency of my times. So uh, looking forward to a good race tomorrow. What's the course like? It's um, not very technical. I've heard from a couple of other pilots that it's actually a bit dull. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not the most challenging course we've seen. But it's like all these courses. There are places where, you know, you, you can make up a time and lose time. So, um, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't ignore the technicalities of it mm. because you can uh, get yourself an advantage if you're careful. Initially, you were going to be flying under the bridge and now you're going over the bridge. Now, having mentally prepared yourself for a month you know to actually go under the bridge well, what difference does that make tactically it, it i don't think it's made any difference at all there, there, there's a speed issue you can certainly start from a faster speed by going over the bridge because you haven't been level on the water for you know half a mile um but nothing nothing a two-minute thought on the subject can't put right
Can you just talk me through the course for the listeners? What's it like? Um, what yeah. do you do? Well, past the bridge, under or over, depending on the water level. Um, gate one, then more or less a straight line to gate two, then it's a hard right to gate three, then a left to gate four, and then just a slight jink right, and then a Cuban. <clears throat> you need to offset your Cuban to the right here, which will put you in a good line to go from gate um, six into seven, which is the first knife edge gate, that's a quadro, and that's knife edge right. Uh, and then you can do one of two things here. You can either reverse and pull to gate eight, or you can just push. Uh, I'm pulling, I'm reversing and pulling to gate eight, then gate nine, then another Cuban. And here you have to be careful of the crowd line. Gate 10 has now got you going north again for the uh, last time. Uh, then a, you have to get across the river, left turn across the river to gate 11. That's another knife edge gate left. And here I'm pushing here. I'm just rolling a little bit more through the gate and pushing. Um, and then uh, to gate, what are we up to now? 11? Yeah, to, uh, no, gate 11, we were the knife yeah. edge in 11. And then we go on to gate 12, 13, a pull up, 14, um, more or less a straight line of 15, and then a big left turn to, sorry, big right turn to 16, 17, and then you're finished. You really don't want to be getting your lefts and rights wrong no, tomorrow, do you? It's easy when you've got a load of pylons in front of you. <laughs> okay, so you made a bit of a balls up in London. Would you say you're back on track? Thanks a lot. Anyway, one little mistake. It's just a big one. Yeah, <laughs> um, must be quite good. No, I'm, I don't think we're back on track until we know the result tomorrow. You know, today is only qualifying. We've All we've done is got ourselves into the top eight. Tomorrow's another day. Uh, it's You know, it's far from over yet, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Now, qualifying has been quite interesting because the winner on, who was on the podium in London is actually not in the Super 8, Kirby Shabliss. What's happened there? Well, there's proof, if you like, that you know just one tiny mistake can send you tumbling down the rankings, and uh, or, or not allow you to to improve your uh, rankings. And that's what Kirby Kirby's done done here. Um, same happened to me in London. So you know it's it's not over until the fat lady sings. We, we, we I think it'll go all the way to, to the wire in Perth to see who's who's going to win the whole thing. As it did last year. So what do you make of uh, Budapest? What do you make of this city? I love it. Yeah, I do too. Um, I have to say, it was, the frustration is I never get time to sort of see any of it. Too busy flying airplanes and, and what have you. But uh, yeah, lo love it. Any top tips? Places to go, things um, to do, things food. to eat? It's great. Uh, food. I've never had a bad meal in Hungary. It's it's fantastic. They they know how to prepare a meal and, and I think it's, yeah, it's great. Brilliant. Well, good luck tomorrow. I hope to be interviewing you as the winner. I, me too. Thank you. Thanks. Joining me now is Steve Jones from Great Britain. Steve, you've had an absolute stormer today in qualifying. Fourth, you happy with that? Yeah, very happy. Uh, I tried a few uh, things in the second run um, because the result, as I went into the second run, I knew that I was through to the Super 8s tomorrow, so that was the main aim of today. Um, so I tried a few things in the second run, which didn't actually work in terms of saving time, but we've got a bit of data which we can look at overnight to see if there's anything that we can do to use the, the different lines and things I was taking. Um, but yeah, very happy. So uh, main thing is to get in the top four in the first round tomorrow uh, and then we move on and uh, hopefully hoover up a few more points. A marked improvement. What changes have you made since London? Have you had much practice time at all? Actually, no, very little. We haven't touched the aeroplane at all. I just flew it down here. Um, and I've done a little bit of practice over the airfield here at Tokol, but um, not really, uh, not a lot actually. But fortunately here the weather's good and we took the gamble that the weather would be good and we wouldn't lose any practice on the track. And that's been the case. So we've done uh, three decent practices on, in the track, which is, uh, is good. So I feel okay. 
So initially you were going to be flying um, underneath the bridge, but you're actually going in over the bridge now. Um, you've been mentally preparing to actually go under. How, how much difference has that made? It is a bit different, but fortunately the first gate is quite a long way from the bridge, so you can make your adjustments having passed over the bridge. But it, it, it's a shame. We're still hopeful that they'll allow us to go back under it tomorrow if the, the water level drops. I think it needs to drop about uh, half a metre, three quarters of a metre. It's raining a hell of a lot in Europe. I'm not sure it's going to go down that much. That's been the problem. We blame it all on Austria. You know, <laughs> that it's raining on Austria. So, um, and it's now two days later, it's down here. So, uh, yeah, but we're hopeful. But I think, you know, we've had a decent couple of runs today. So we've got our eye on for the, the line that's required. Um, has changed a little bit, but it, it'll be all right either way, I think. A few of the pilots have been saying that this course is a bit dull. It's just not that interesting. What do you make of it and any bits that you're a bit worried about for tomorrow? Uh, no, I mean, the, you know, the main worry is re remembering whilst you're racing frantically that you've got to go back under the bridge at the end of it. So that may or may not have been removed. Um, but it is, it is a pretty dull track. I'm not sure what it is. It's just sort of lots samey, really. You know, you've got three half Cubans and then a load of frantic turns in between them. So, yeah, nothing much to make it stand out, really, apart from the bridge, which, you know, may have been removed. So. It is set in a beautiful city, though. Have you had a chance to look around? Have you got any top tips for Budapest? Uh, well, come, if you're not in Budapest, come to Budapest, because it is a lovely city. Yeah. Uh, I've been here, I think I've been here total over the years, probably seven or eight weeks, and I don't think I've ever had a bad meal, you know, so... Uh, bit of goulash, bit of fish soup? It, um, yeah, goulash is, is good. I mean, the, you know, the food here is lovely, the people are friendly, the weather's nice, a bit too hot, um, and um, generally a lovely country. Brilliant. All right, Steve. Well, look, I hope to see you on the podium tomorrow. Good luck. OK, thanks very much. Thanks. Good. It's a beautiful day in Budapest. The water's pretty high on the River Danube, though, so it looks like the pilots will be flying in over the chain bridge. So we're starting off with point one. The usual suspects are in point one. Glendale, Sergei McManon, Kirby Shablis and Nicholas Ivanhoff from France. Real surprise to see those two in it, especially because they were both on the podium last week in London. Let's see how they get on. We've just had point one, and oh, what a disappointing day for Kirby Shablis. He was the winner in Detroit and the winner in London. Now, yesterday, he was kicked out of the Super 8s for two costly mistakes in qualifying. And just now, in point one, Kirby Shablis hit two pylons, incurring two three-second penalties. That means he won't be taking home the one championship point. Nicholas Ivanhoff from France also incurred a penalty. That means that the one point goes to Sergei McMahon, his second ever point in an air race well done to the Russian so we've just had the super eights the first three pilots out of the gate Alejandro McLean Michael Gullion and Nigel Lamb all incurred three second penalties Mike Mangold was up next he got a time of 105.32 Steve Jones flew after him and got a time of 105.86 seconds Peter Besignier from Hungary the crowd went wild lining the Danube really cheering on their local guy came out with a time of 106.54 seconds Hannes Hart came out with 104.55 keeping him in top position and then old Paul Bonham pulled out all the stops and as always came up a whole second faster than Hannes Hark with 103.55 seconds so very interesting races coming up going into the semis the first semi-final will see Steve Jones GB against his good friend Paul Bonham then in the second semi-finals going head-to-head -head will be Mike Mangold against Hannes Hark 
shock, a huge disappointment for Peter Bezonet, who was just six tenths of a second kept out of the semi-finals. Nigel Lamb just a bit too heavy going, going round the course. But we're going to start all over again with the top four pilots in just a second. So we've just had the two semi-finals. Steve Jones went head-to-head -head with Paul Bonham. Steve Jones got a time of 106.36, beating Paul Bonham, who got a time of 108.79. He incurred a three-second penalty for incorrect knife flying at gate number seven. This is unbelievable. This means that Paul will go into the third-place playoff. So Hannes Ark flew against Mike Mangold. Mike Mangold got a time of 107.11. Not that great, to be fair. Hannes Ark stormed it with a time of 103. 3.34. That means that it is very exciting at the top of the World Championships. Bonham must win in the third place flyoff against Mike Mangold and get third place. Otherwise, Hannes Ark, if he wins in the final, will go to the top of the World Championship leaderboard. So we've just had both of the semi-finals. Steve Jones went against Paul Bonham. Steve Jones got a time of 106.36. Paul Bonham got a time of 108.79. He incurred a three-second penalty for incorrect knife flying at gate seven, which means he goes through to the third-place playoff and Steve Jones goes into the final. Hannah Sark then flew against Mike Mangold. Mike Mangold got a time of 107.11. Not that great, to be fair, but Hannah Sark absolutely stormed it with a time of 103. Point three four. So it's exciting news at the top of the World Championship table. Bonham must win and get third place against Mike Mangold because if he doesn't and Hannes wins here today in Budapest, Hannes will be the new World Championship leader with only three races to go. Steve Jones, I mean, he's such a fantastic bloke, but I cannot believe that he's in the final with Hannes Ark. Good luck to Great Britain. Let's hope that Hannes Ark doesn't get through. Otherwise, Paul Bonham's leadership will be in jeopardy. So we've just had the third place playoff. Paul Bonham got a time of 104.02. Mike Mangold came out of the gate next and he finished with a time of 105.39. That means all Paul Bonham fans will be very, very pleased as he takes a third place. That's good news for Paul as that means he cannot be passed on the championship table. He can be equal by Hannes if Hannes comes first, but he cannot be passed. It's time for the final. Had the final of the 2008 Budapest Red Bull Air Races. Steve Jones went against Hannes Ark. Steve Jones got a time of 106.79, but Hannes Ark had an absolutely amazing result 104.19. His first ever win on a podium. Hannes has been on many podiums, but he's never won before. This is his second ever year of racing. It is great to see a rookie come up through this sport. A fantastic weekend's racing over the River Danube here in Budapest. A brilliant win for the Austrian Hannes Ark, who now equals Paul Bonham on the World Championship board. Both lie on 45 points, leaving it completely wide open. There's just three races to go to the end of the season. Porto's up next. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.